good to see you today. Happy Resurrection Sunday to all of you. Good to see you too, Pastor. Thank you. I'm glad we're able to be together today. How many glad you're here? What a great day. Today we celebrate. Today we celebrate, and I'm so glad that we're able to be together. As um, I spoke, and I just want to welcome so many, um, so many of you that are here for the first time, or first time in a long time. I'm so glad you're with us online. If this is your first time with us, I've been I've been online this morning just chatting and saying hi to people. But we want to welcome you, and I'm so glad that you're with us. Um, but if this is your first time, welcome. God bless you. Let's give it up for all of our first time guests this morning. So good for them to be here. John. Before we go too far into everything, um, I just want to say a special thank you to um, all the people that have worked so hard for today. Really, I want to say thank you. I want to especially say thank you to the people that have worked so long putting our videos together. All that you've, you've seen today, we've done all that ourselves. Um, we didn't you know, put that out to anybody. We did all that ourselves. The people who did it live in my house. And... Um, <laughs> So I, I, you know, knew that all this video stuff was like intense, but I was like, I, I mean, I felt kind of bad for a minute, just for a minute there, you know, but, but they, you're young and they're eager. So I'm just thankful to all of them. I want to say thank you so much for all that and all the staff. I want to say thank you to all the children workers that work so diligently week in and week out to bring a bright light to our kids in a day that we definitely need it. So how many have kids back in the, in the, uh, in the city kids area today? That's great. Appreciate it. Can you do me a favor? When you go back there, can you just say really thank you to every one of the teachers today and let them know how much you appreciate them? Because how many know in our school system and our churches, teaching is probably one of the most underappreciated um, things in our culture today. So when you go back there, make sure you say thank you, tell me you love them, and, um, you know, whatever. How many know that's okay? Starbucks gift card, Grateful Gardens, whatever you got, all right? Is that Okay. You guys ready to go learn today? Let's talk a little bit this morning. Let's pray before we go too far into everything. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for what today represents. I pray today, God, that your grace would fill every heart that is in this room today. I pray, God, that you'd bless every person that is under the sound of my voice. God, we're here for one reason, and that is you. And I'm asking you, God, I'm asking you that in your way, the only way that you can do this, God, that you would speak life into every life, God, that you would bring hope into every heart that is here today. We stand here, God, and we say, Lord, we open our hearts, we calm our minds, and we say, God, speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you are exploring your faith, we'll explain to you a little bit about that. If you're new to your faith, you will begin to put the pieces together. If you don't want faith or have no faith, you're just here because somebody said you would meet somebody cute at the church. We're, we're glad that you're here either way, however you find yourself to be here. I think about this life that we have, every one of us that are in this room, this life that has been given to each and every one of us, the importance of it, how important that it is. It's so incredible how life that you've been given can be so powerful at one given time where you can sit there and have dreams and those dreams can motivate you and you can have passion for life and passion for the things that make up your life and, and you can want more for your life and some of you that are in this room even want more for your kids than you've had and you fight for those things and you believe for those things and you pray for those things and you defy odds at, at, at any cost. 
And so life at one hand can be so powerful, but on the other hand, it is yet so fragile. It's so fragile. How is it that something that has been given to us by God be so powerful in one moment, but yet fragile in another moment? How is it that the human experience that we live out day by day at any given moment that we stand here together and there are times in everybody's life that is in this room where we felt like, like, like if we just did anything, it was going to be a good day. How many ever had one of those days? You just felt like you were on a run and it didn't matter. You just felt like, like it didn't matter who said what, what came against you. You just felt in your heart that you were just going to keep going and you were going to overcome all things. But there are other days in your life where you've experienced times when you've been like, I just don't feel like getting out, out of bed. I just want to eat ding-dongs and ho-hos and watch Netflix all day. How many ever had one of those days? I didn't say last night. I said, how many have ever had them before? Right? Yeah. People raise their hand. Yeah, that was last night, Pastor. That was last, that was last night. And I think about this. I think about this. Because sometimes, I, sometimes when, you're, when you're younger in your years, you know, the power of life and the understanding of it is, is so powerful. And at and, 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 and one time it's so fragile. And I was thinking about when we're younger, you know, now that some of us in this room, not me, but some of you are getting older, right? And how we experience these things in our life. And I remember, you know, being younger and just thinking how invincible that we are. You know, we used to do dumb things and think it's ne nothing's ever going to happen to me. So you, you push the limits, you know, you, 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 you have no fear. And then when you get a little older, you get a little bit wiser. You don't push those limits and you begin to understand the powerful parts of life. And then I think about the life that we're celebrating today, the life of Jesus at age 33, willingly came as a baby, left everything that he was and came to this earth for you, for you. No, really, for you. That it's so interesting how an all-powerful God that literally is it everywhere at any given time. He is everywhere in the entire world, but more importantly, he's exactly where you are today. So I think about how vast he is, how awesome he is, the expanse of what he does, but yet so personal for you and for me. I think about his life that he lived on earth at a tender age of 33, the height of your 30s. I don't know about you, but my 30s were the best decade. I loved my 30s because you weren't crazy like you were in your 20s, right? You weren't 40 yet because 40 just felt like you were creeping up there a little bit, right? When you get to be 50, you're like, man, this is getting real. When you get 60, you're like, it's for real. Right? And when you're like my mom, it's more real than you've ever seen in your life. She's in her 90s. But 33, the height of his life, the greatest moment that he could have right there, gave it all up for you and for me. The greatest expression of love that could ever be displayed to humanity 
is displayed through the sacrifice of the life of Jesus Christ and him on that cross. See what it shows you? It shows you the depth and the length of God's love for you. It shows you how far God will reach for you. What's so interesting about this life and about God is that there are times in your life, my life, and all of our lives, when we reach for God, right? And there's other times where you're not reaching for Him. But I want to let you know that regardless if you're reaching for God or not, He's always going to be reaching for you. And when you respond to that reach, do that touch, it becomes transforming in your life. It transforms your life. The picture of Jesus on that cross stretched from one arm to the other, from head to toe, stretched, living in his purpose, his purpose to come, to give his life, to stretch his whole existence for us, for people, you and I. And all of us in this room, wherever you may find yourself, are part of that story. I want you to think about, you may be familiar with it, and you may not be familiar with all parts of it, but I want you to think about that moment. The moment that they arrested Jesus and put him on that cross. I want you to think about those moments. Because there were so many players in that moment. And every one of those players, fast forward the tape, 2,000 plus years to 2023, April right now today every one of those players are still alive in this room and each one of us are one of those players each one of them you and me some of you some of you are like that thief that jesus was crucified in between some of you are looking at him and saying to yourself i don't know what he really is all about who is this man that people have told me about Others are the other thief that are looking at him and saying, this man is the, only way, is the only way to life in eternity. Some of you are in the crowd. You're just in the crowd. You're just observing life, observing faith, haven't stepped into faith, just observing it. Some of you are disciples where you've just connected all the way. And some of you are, are maybe people who are experiencing miracles, like Jesus gave miracles to the various people that are in the Bible. But wherever you may find yourself today, you are in his story. But what's interesting about this is that there's a couple of scriptures that, are, that we're going to read in just a moment about the life of Jesus that are going to unpack some things about his life that I think are critical for people like you and I for, to understand. Because unless you understand what the Bible says about your life concerning his story, unless you understand the value of your life and what it means to him and how, how important that this moment in history was for you and for him, that you lose the meaning of what today is really all about. And when you lose that meaning, then our culture reduces today to Easter egg hunts and, and not, you know, whatever your vibe is to bunnies and, and, and all that kind of stuff. That's the cultural part of it. I get all that kind of stuff. But can I say this to you? And the American culture and throughout the entire world today is about one thing. The story and the life and death of Jesus Christ Amen. and how Amen. you play out your life within that story. 
What's interesting, what's interesting about this life is he never makes you, never makes you serve him. But he does say to you, you can live your life at whatever level you choose to. And whatever level you choose to is your personal choice. Wow. Let's read a scripture. Let's put these up here real quick. It's going to be found in the book of Corinthians. And I want you to read this, or the book of John, sorry, the book of John. And this is the, 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 the title of our Easter this year, that I am, I am. And we're going to refer and close with this scripture. And, and this, let me kind of, in a moment, I'm going to give you context, but I'm just going to read it and I'll give you context in a little bit. To Mary, Jesus' best friend had just died. Ah, uh, that baby doesn't bother me. It just means we have life in our church. It's okay. That's all that matters. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, that means, that means we have families. Jesus said to her, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and I am the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Here's the one we want to read for this moment right here. And whoever lives, lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let's go to the book of Corinthians, next one. It says this, listen to this. Now these terms I want you to pay attention to. Okay, we're not going to be lengthy, but we're, we're going to be meaningful this morning. This is Paul talking about God reconciling the world back to him. I want you to say with me this word real quick. Say reconcile. reconcile. Say one more time. Say reconcile. reconcile. I'm going to tell you in a moment what that feels like and what that means. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation, or the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is right here. If you're hitting this building today and you're tired of what's been, the new is here right before you. All you got to do is step into it. How many of you have been in a season where you're tired of the old broke down stuff? You want something brand new, right? All this is from God who reconciled, there's that word, who reconciled us to himself. Watch, reconciled himself to us through Christ, through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Watch. Watch. The death of Jesus on the cross is what God gave to us to bring reconciliation to our lives. Now let's keep reading just a little bit more. That God is reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins. Watch. You better get that. Not counting people's sins. What? Some of you should start break dancing right now. You should be like, what, what? Right? And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Look at this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore Christ, we implore Christ on, on Christ, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to. God, who made himself have no sin to be sin for us. Notice in language. Sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness 
of God. Listen, very quickly. The term reconciliation is a financial term. What it basically means is that what the scripture is saying to us is that there is a huge debt that was owed for our life that we could not pay within ourselves. We had no ability to pay that. So what Paul is saying to you and I is that God gave his son as a point of payment for debt that we owed that we could not pay. For the liberty and the freedom from sin and the penalty of no life without God. The point being is that Jesus is that point of reconciliation for you and for me. That when you make space in your life for him, no matter where you have been in your life and no matter what you've done in your life, when you make space in your heart for God and you say to yourself, I need God in my life and I come to God with a need of him in my life, he counts nothing against you. See, pastor, do you know what I've done? It doesn't matter. He counts nothing against you. Do you know what I've said? It doesn't matter. He counts nothing against you. Because when God looks at your life, he doesn't see what you've done. He sees you through the eyes of his son. And based upon the sight of his son, does he give you forgiveness, love, grace, and acceptance because Jesus is the point of reconciliation. He paid the price that you could not pay yourself. Wow. How many believe that is true? Wow. That's awesome could not be satisfied, could only be done. Now, let me give you a picture of some of these things that were done because Isaiah gives us kind of a picture that of some of the things that Jesus did for you and I and what some of the things that he took, the pain and the things that he went through. Let's read the scripture in Isaiah real quick. It says, Isaiah, right, uh, 53 verse five, it says these things about Jesus. But Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us to peace was on him. The punishment that brought you peace was on his life. And by his wounds, we are healed. So that point of reconciliation where Jesus was, was not just you being accepted by God, but the punishment he took on that cross gives life to your life. Gives life to your life. Let's kind of, do you have another slide of what these mean for us, each and every one of us? He was pierced, there it is right there. He was pierced for our, watch, our transgressions, right? So they're all the things that we've done willingly, right? How many know when you tell your kids not to do something, they go do it? How many know that kind of like gets you upset, doesn't it? Or how many were that kid, right? Or how many still are that person, right? You still can't drive 55. You and Sidney Hagar still can't drive 55. The transgression is when you begin to willingly move your life outside of God's will for your life. Although you know this could be, your life could be this or you, you know you shouldn't be there, but, but you still move forward in your life. He was crushed for our iniquities. The things that we do and have done in our life that bring, that bring us to a place where, where we 
do things in our life that push us away from God's purpose and forgiveness in our life. And he had the crown of thorns on his head. Is there a next slide? Please show me a next slide. There was a crown of thorns on his head, right? Okay, on his head. Some Bible scholars believe they're four inches long and pierced his head. It was a made a mockery of him. And they drove nails in his hands. And every one of those wounds speaks something for you and for I. You see the crown of thorns that were on his head, right? Is an indication. It's an indication that his that the peace that you so desperately seek in your life can never be found outside of him because do you, don't you know that when your mind starts running and you start running and things start running in your mind that drives you to places of no peace and unrest in your own heart? How do you know he took the crown of thorns so we could have calmness in our own mind and peace in our own hearts? That he was driven nails into his hands he was wounded for our healing and for our freedom. That means you're healed. The, 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 the crown of thorns on his head speaks of your capacity to not only think and have peace, but to have healing in your mind and the wounds healing in your body, mentally, emotionally, physically. I don't know who you are today, but I will promise you everything you tried to bring peace in your own mind and healing to your own life and different things like that, those things may help for a moment. Can I say this to you? The only one that can really bring true healing to every part of your life is Jesus. And some of you in this room, you have carried brokenness for so long and you've tried to put the pieces of marriages, relationships, finances, meaning of life, things that have been hurtful to you, things you've been robbed of. You try to put the pieces back together in your life and you cannot do it because you're not designed to do it. Only he can do it. And he took the price of that pain for you. So let him give it to you. Let him give it to you. The reason why you feel the pressure in your life is because you were never designed to carry it. The reason why you can't endure the things you're having to endure and you can't fix the things that you've tried to fix in your life because you don't have all the answers. There's limitation to who we are and what we know. We have to have something bigger than us to fix the broken pieces of our life. And the only thing that can fix that is the one that created you. And if you allow him to do that, he will do that for you and for me today. That's the first part of the story that he's so personal to you that he took your place your place so you you and me me we could have the life that he wants us to have part two to this story part two to this story is quite interesting to me 
because Isaiah talks us about the things that happened to him and the price that he was paid, that was paid, and the debt that he experienced for you and I. And that day that Jesus was on the cross, that day he was on the cross, the suffering of that Friday night, when they took him off the cross, could you imagine the players, the people that were around him? Could you imagine what they were feeling and what they were thinking? The one they had put all their faith in, all their trust in, was no longer there. Could you imagine the confusion? Watch. Not just the confusion, but the utter silence in the earth at that moment. It's like they didn't know what to do. They had no direction, no clarity of what was happening at that moment. I mean, people who believed their faith was being challenged. People that wanted to hear him again couldn't hear him anymore. People that wanted to see him couldn't see him anymore because he was laying in a tomb. Laying, his body was taken down, put in a rented tomb. And the silence was so quiet, but yet so loud at the same time. Silence filled the earth, but yet screaming for answers. Silence giving no clarity of what was happening to people's life at that moment. But at the same time, God was fulfilling his plan for mankind. Have you ever been in a moment of your life when you wanted answers, but it felt so silent? You ever wanted clarity for your life, but it felt so quiet? You ever wanted to see, but you couldn't? You ever wanted to feel, but you couldn't? I know that that moment in time that was full of silence, full of so many questions, yet simultaneously filled with so much hope by these words that Jesus uttered to one of some of his friends and people in John 11. You see, every one of us in this room, every one of us, have had our moments, our moments of silence. Every one of us in this room have had those moments where we wanted to hear, where we wanted clarity for our life. And your part in his story is he wants that for you. He wants that for you. But you can only have that as you come to him. As you come to him. As you come to him. You see, there's a story of Jesus has one of his best friends in John the 11th chapter. His name is Lazarus. And he's in another city. And people come to him and they tell Jesus, Lazarus is sick. He's getting ready to die. And they know Jesus can heal Lazarus because they've seen Jesus heal people before. But instead of Jesus going to see Lazarus, he stays in the same city he was and Lazarus dies. It's kind of odd, isn't it? When we get word that our loved ones are sick unto death or they're going to die, the first thing we do is we arrange travel to go see our sick loved ones. Is that not true? Jesus didn't do that. Jesus stood right where he was. Right where he was. 
and Lazarus died. Died. Why is it, why is it sometimes when we, when, when we feel like we need God's help at the moment in our life and it feels like he doesn't do it when we want him to do it? You ever been there before? No, no really. Have you ever been there before? You're like, God, I need that happen for me. I need that to happen for me yesterday, but it doesn't happen on our time frame. But what I've learned about God, listen, what I've learned about God, and, and I hope this helps you, what I've learned about God is that when God is doing nothing, he's really doing everything. When God is not quiet, when God is quiet, he's really speaking the loudest. He's really speaking the loudest. And in those moments, he's doing his most powerful work for you and for I. And that's when Jesus lets Lazarus die. And then he travels to the city. And then his sisters or his friends, they walk up to him and are like, why did you let Lazarus die? He was your friend. And Jesus makes a statement. He says, he's going to rise again. He's going to rise again. Wait, just wait. He's going to rise again. And watch the story of part two, these words that are uttered to you and I. That 2,000 years ago, he said them to you and he said them to me. And they're so relevant and powerful for you and I that if we can grab them in our life today, what he said 2,000 years ago is life for you and life for me. And in the middle of that dark moment, it's so relevant to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. On Friday, you had the death. On Sunday, you had the resurrection. Two, two, two parts of the story. We celebrate the cross and what he's done and reconciled us back to him. Thank God. But can I say this to you? Our faith is not valid unless he gets up. Our faith is not valid. It's a story. What brings legitimacy to our faith? Because many religious leaders have died in the world. But none of them got up and what brings validity to our faith is not just the fact that he died but what brings validity to our faith is the fact that he overcame all of that so we could overcome it the fact that jesus rose from the dead is an indication that he conquered all the things that have conquered humanity up into that time it is an indication that he won and he defeated that and if he did he did it for us and we can do it through him and in him so these words that jesus says are not just biblical words they're life to you and to me and in the middle of his friend's death and everybody's fear and worry, Jesus utters these words right here. He says, and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Listen, I, Jesus, am the resurrection and the life. Watch, I am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though he dies watch watch you ready for this what does that mean I am the resurrection and the life what does that mean let's go let's move past that a little bit let's look at 27 Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world, right? 
Let me break this down, what that means. I am. Come on, everybody say, I am the resurrection and the life. What does that mean to you? Because those are the very words that he spoke for you and I on this day. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Now, I, don't, I want to make this as basic as possible, but I want you to see this. The word I am is not past tense. It's a present tense word. In other words, Jesus spoke it 2,000 years ago. He actually spoke it in the Old Testament, right? When Moses was going to go rescue the people out of Egypt and, and Moses stands up and says, who shall I say sent me? And God says to Moses, tell him I am sent you. I am. That word literally means Yahweh. You're like, well, what does that mean? I'll explain it to you. I'll put it up right here. Yahweh means simply this. It's, it's, it's God. It's God. But this is what it means. It means redeemer. It means savior. And it means deliverer. Savior, redeemer, and deliverer. Watch, watch. So Lazarus is in the grave. Jesus says, I am his savior. I am his redeemer, and I am his deliverer at this moment. And can I say this to you? That is not a past tense word. That is present tense right now. So can I say this to you? That wherever you might be in your life, he is your redeemer. He is your only way out, and he is the only savior of your life right now. And then, and then he says, I want you to know that I'm not just your delivery. I'm not just your redeemer. I'm not just your freedom, but I am your resurrection. What do you mean, resurrection? That word resurrection, I heard Miles Monroe say this years ago. He said the word resurrection meant stand up. That's what Miles Monroe said. I, I caught that. He said it years ago before he died. He said the word resurrect means to stand up. It means to stand up. And that always intrigued me. Because the word resurrect means to literally stand up. But the other part of that word also means to recover. It means to recover. So today, we don't just celebrate and receive God's forgiveness but we celebrate and receive God's ability to help us stand up and to help us recover from the things we've had to go through in our life. Do you know why sometimes we stand up and we fall back down again? And do you know why sometimes in our life we try to stand up but we can't? We try and we get tired? Do you know why? you know why? Because we try to stand up out of our own strength and we don't have that ability. That's why you stand up and you fall. You stand up and you get tired. You stand up and you quit. You stand up and the pain is too hard. Why? Because we are trying to stand up under our own strength. What he is saying to you and I is I am your freedom, I'm your delivery, but guess what? I'm also the one that's gonna stand up inside of your life. And if you allow me to stand up, listen, if you will allow me to stand up in your life, you will recover from life.
you will recover. You will recover. I remember love. I remember. When we went through a very difficult season for four years, I mean, it was like, you ever gone through a season was like complete loss? Like you just felt like you were losing everything. And at that time of our life, we lost everything. Everything. And I surely thought to myself, Pastor, I thought to myself, how in the world do we recover from this? How do we recover from this? How do we recover? And I am the type of person that I fight. You ever met that person like you hit them in the head with a shovel and they just keep on fighting, right? That's me, okay? I don't know how to quit. I just don't know how to do that yet. I hope I never learn how. So I would just keep fighting, I keep fighting, I keep fighting until, until I got tired. I just couldn't do it anymore. Watch, watch. And my life was moving at such a rapid pace. I was traveling everywhere, speaking, being in everybody's churches, all this kind of stuff. And, and at that time, I felt so disconnected from God, pastoring, leading people, but yet felt so disconnected from people. Disconnected from, from the things that we call holy in our life. I wasn't doing unholy things. But I wasn't praying as strong as I knew how I should pray. I wasn't reading my Bible like I knew I should read, like I should read my Bible. I'd read my Bible because I knew I had to stand in front of thousands of people and preach the next day. So I'd travel to a church, stand in front of five, ten thousand people, preach, and go back to my hotel room and cry. And I'd ask God, why do you continue to use me? Because I'm so tired of life. I'm so tired of the journey that I've had to endure over the years. And I felt like a piece of me was missing. I felt that season took something away from me. And then I was laying in North Carolina in a hotel room, getting ready to speak. And I sat there and I'm like, God, why? And then I turned to the Bible in the book of Romans, the fifth chapter, and it says this statement. It says, you walk by faith, but you stand by my grace. And I read that scripture and I was like, what? You walk by faith, but you stand by my grace. And I heard God speak to me. He said, Chris, you've been walking by faith, but my grace has carried you when you didn't even know that I was carrying you. I.E., I.E., if you let me be your stand up, and you don't stand up under your strength anymore, Chris, but you allow me to stand up inside of your heart, I will help you recover from the last four years of loss of your life. Fast forward that years later, I can honestly say that God has stood up and helped me recover. And if he did it for me, he will do it for you. He is your stand-up. And he is your recovery. But the last part of that, I am the resurrection. And I am the what? The life. And that word life literally means, put that definition up there for me, please. That word life literally means, watch, the life that he gave you that can only be satisfied 
by you allowing him in your life. Watch, watch. You can stand up and recover. You can stand up. If you allow me to stand up inside of you, you will recover in your life. And then you will experience a life that can only satisfy when you allow my life to be in your life. Wow. Part one. Part one. He died on the cross. He paid the price to reconcile you back to, to, to God. Part two. He got up. He got up so you could get up. And he fought so you could recover. So you could once again or for the first time, experience his life inside of you. Where are you in the story? Where are you in his story for your life? Where do you find yourself? Because everybody in this room is somewhere in this story. The question is, will you allow him to, to be your stand-up and your recovery so you can experience his life in your life? The only way that happens in your life is you say to yourself, I need you to stand up in my heart and I need you to help me recover so I can once again begin to see the light of life back in my life. And some of you, some of you need this. Some of you want it, but you're afraid. Some of you, are un it's unfamiliar to you. Wherever you may find yourself today, wherever you find yourself, take away, today is your day. Take away every reason, every thought, every fear, appre every apprehension and say, today I am going to let him stand up in my life so I can recover it because I need to experience the life that he has that can only satisfy. Wow. Wow. Are you glad you came today? Yeah. You're glad you came today. Why don't you stand your feet all over this building? Why don't you stand your feet all over this building? I want you just to be in a moment of just contemplation of reverence towards your life and to your heart. I don't want you to close your eyes. I don't want anybody in this room to close your eyes. I want you to look right in my eyes. Everybody that's online, I want you to look at me in the eyes and focus on who I am and just for, just for a moment. I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes and pray a prayer. I am going to ask you to be bold enough today to say, I need, I need this life in my life. I need it in my life. I need you to be bold enough to say that I'm going to fight for the life I have. Yes, we like to make these moments private. But today, today, Jesus stood up for you publicly. You can stand up for him publicly today. You can stand up for him publicly today. Life changes. Life changes for you. For you. At the point of courage. It changes at the point of courage. When you face off with the things that make you fearful, life changes for you at the point of courage. If you're in this room 
Say, Pastor, I need that life inside of me. I gotta have it. I need the life inside of me that can satisfy. Or I need to rekindle that back inside of my life. I need that. I have to have it today. Or I've never had it before. And I've heard of people talk about it. But today I'm making a decision. I need it in my life. Or you need a recognition of it. If that is you, do not close your eyes. If that is you, I want you to lift your hand in the air and say, Pastor, that is me. I need that in my life. There's several hands that are in this building. Wow, 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 wow. All over this building, lots of hands that are in this building. Keep your hand up so I can see it. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, I want Jesus in my life. I want that recognition. Anybody else? If you see a hand, I want you to put somebody's, if you see a hand up, just turn around and grab somebody's hand and hold it. And just hold it. Wow, I see that hand. There's lots of hands. Grab this hand right here on the front row. Anybody else? The life that satisfies. The life. Come on, some of you have been underwater for years. Some of you have been under, there's a hand right here in the back. Somebody grab that hand very quickly. Listen, you've been underwater for years. You have not been able to, I just, that's, listen, I just want you to hold somebody's hand. It's not weird. All right? I just want you to put your hand on there. Just be like, hey, look, I'm with you. Because how many you know it's hard to say like in a room full of people you don't know and probably don't like, you're like, okay, me. Right? Me. I don't care. I don't care because you know what? He died naked, punched in the face, face, ridiculed, beaten beyond recognition. Are you hear what I'm saying? Nailed, spit on, publicly, publicly. He didn't have clothes on. Paraded through the streets naked for you. And I don't think it's too much for you to say for you today on this Easter Sunday among people that love you and are for you to say, you know what? I need that in my life. Swallow some pride, ladies and gentlemen, and say, I need this in my life. It's an admission that I need it. If that is you, we're here today. Right here, right now. We're going to pray a very powerful prayer. Everybody in this room is going to pray this prayer. But especially those that have lifted your hands, we're going to pray this prayer. And my prayer today is that you would let God stand up inside of you. And you would recover you'd recover maybe you're here today and you have faith in your heart already and you've been Christian for years and you need God to help you recover if that is you receive this prayer in your heart receive this prayer in your heart but today is the day we reach towards God let's pray together say Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I repeat the prayer you repeat it after me here I stand with my heart wide open in need of you I need your life. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Forgive me. Resurrect me. Be my life. Be my savior. My redeemer. Help me let help me to let go of my past, my fears, my failures. Help me to reach for this life that is inside of me. Thank you for giving your life for me. In Jesus' name, amen.